Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. So I'm reading this article on Facebook about the best makeup, right? Because every once in a while you come across one of those. So I'm like, this is the essential makeup. You have to have this makeup. It's, it's a powder, but it's kind of like a foundation too. It's called Infallible by L'Oreal. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know, it's so humid right now. This will be great. So I get it. And then I put it on, it looks really good, you know, because in the morning you put your moisturizer on, you're all dewy. Oh my gosh, I look in the mirror yesterday afternoon when I'm out at my remote and I'm like, oh my God, it's the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Did it go into the creases? Oh into my, the wrinkles? Oh my God, this is not a makeup for an old face. I'm telling you that right now. Or 97% you could wear humidity. It. I don't ever wear makeup. Yeah, but it's like really... Unless I'm going to a function. Yeah, I mean, it's really nice. It's really like anybody over the age of 35 or 40, I'm thinking shouldn't wear this because it was really depressing. almost 37, so I'm going to go ahead and steer clear. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have named it. But anyway, um, it's just depressing when you get something like that and you're like, oh, because I used to wear this powder. I used to wear this foundation that you put it on and it was wet and then it turned to kind of powder they they quit making it it must have been toxic or something probably <laughs> probably <laughs> the bunny rabbit that they tested it. on it and died it was yeah. made by cody never even heard yeah. of that one well that once again that's aging me anyway i was just thinking of all of the things like when you start to get older that are just such a huge disappointment and vonnie you're gonna be agreeing with me because the whole hot flashes thing that starts to happen. Mm -hmm. You start to get crankier. Um, your skin, you just suddenly turn into a raisin. You are being so hard on yourself right now for no reason. No. You are not I old, nor do you look old. I don't old. know if she's being hard on her or telling me that I'm starting to look like a raisin. <laughs> Dude, I'm 10 years older than you. I'm the one looks like a raisin, not you. <laughs> you will you, look like a raisin. What are you actually talking about? You do not look you like a raisin. You don't look like a raisin. I feel like a raisin. Although we all pretty much could have turned into raisins with the fucking humidity in this state this week. I know. At least the humidity went down after those storms went through on oh, Thursday. Yeah. We, we got all the rain in one day. That storm was so awesome to that watch. Was... It was only awesome because there weren't no tornadoes in it. Like, yeah. It was yeah. just a good, yeah. badass that looking was a storm. Soaker. If it's humid uh, in your house, burn a candle. It'll help pull the humidity out. She doesn't like candles. Stuff that happens to your body. The reason that I'm talking about this isn't so much that I feel like a raisin, but I do, but story. But the reason I brought it up is because I'm a member of this group that we got together because it's political, because there are liberals and we live in Oklahoma and not very many liberals. This girl comes on there and she posts something about hairy legs. Mm -hmm. She says, you guys, I'm really embarrassed. I want to go try this whatever tre treatment or whatever but I'm really freaked out and worried that but yet I'm so hairy that I feel like I need to do something so man you would not believe the length of that thread 
every woman in that group who has never participated got in on that shit. I'm in that thread. Do you see? Did you see how many people were on? Yes, that? I ordered that thing that that one lady recommended. I got on Amazon and I ordered it right then. I'm like, fuck, I'm doing this because I need to be hairless. See, wow. the whole thing, the hairless thing, the hair. Oh, my God. What is the name of that thing? We can put a link up. Isn't it like an IP? IP something. IP something. <laughs> IP Why are you freely? looking at me like? <laughs> Why are you looking at me like I was in this thread? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, you're not nearly as blue as we are. No, I'm like a. I don't know what. What happens? Like green. You're green. <laughs> she's a green, but she's... not the green party. <laughs> Let's go. Like... She's Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. Megan is Switzerland. My red and my and green paint mixed a little in the middle. <laughs> she's the true Swiss Miss. Okay, I'm purple. I didn't do art. Okay. So, so the whole I wrote fan fiction, not painting. So there, there are a few things that that unite us as women. Just a few, and hair is one yes. of them. Harry Pitts is one of Ugh, them because yeah. that's what I'm getting it for because if I can get and not have to share, shave my pits anymore it's completely worth the money yeah. that I spend. Let me people, know how it goes. There are people who spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to have laser treatments done. What else did they talk about? They talked about <laughs> Nair. They talked about... You just burn your skin off. Just right. <laughs> why? We like, still well, use what Nair. What happens... The okay, I tried... alone would just... I tried to wax my legs one time, and I seriously... It took, like... I had little pin yeah. dots of blood all the way up my legs where I tore the wax off, and the hair didn't even come off. Yeah. yeah. So I had scaly legs uh. that were also hairy <laughs> after I tried to sh wax my legs. Oh, my God. And then whenever I do the nair, only half of it comes off, and you can't do that every day. No, because then I your skin shave. starts to get irritated. So I then do, you I just, just go back yeah. and, you, and you shave. Either that or, like, you know, if I'm trying to, like, nair my thigh, and when you got chub rub, things go where they're not supposed to go, and then things <laughs> start burning. Oh gosh! And then you're like, "Holy shit! I gotta get this off now." Uh, Trying to get myself Rachel, a Brazilian. Let us know what you think about the hair situation. You know, I am a huge fan of going and letting somebody wax wax it. I'll shave. I'm fine. But I'll tell you, I get to a certain point, and this usually happens at least a few times a year, where I'm like, "Fuck this." And I'll just, I, cause your hair has to be like two inches at least for them to do that. And I'll just say, you know what? I deserve this and I'll let it grow for a little bit. I'll schedule an appointment and I'll just wax it all off and then I don't have to deal with so it. So if you don't mind me asking, what exactly do you, do you have all of it waxed your whole business or just your legs? I do the from like my knee down and then my underarms because i really don't have hair like on my thighs or anything really, really. yeah i would probably do I mean, if i got so my waxed funny. i'd do my knees down well yeah. i have hair on my thighs let me tell you something about the fucking hair on my thighs it's going into rebellion because i tried to shave that and it doesn't come off i shave and shave and shave and then i look down and i have these freaking long black hairs and i'm like what the hell i just shaved it's the menopause i'm telling you you get hairs in places that you would not believe. Well, I've always been 
fairly hairy in the leg era. There's a reason why Tyler's so hairy, okay? If I was a guy, I'd probably have full chest hair, too. She was talking I don't as a female, just FYI, so that nobody I always just hate when I get, like, the one chin hair. Like, the one black chin hair. Oh, the worst. Oh, you just wait. She was t- I wax my own. I wax my own eyebrows. I'll wax like my upper lip if I feel like I need it and anywhere else. And I wax like right here because I have short hair. So on the sides of my neck, I, I do my own waxing on my face and my neck, but my underarms and my legs, I have somebody else do that so much quicker and easier. And I've tried, I'm like, Bonnie, I've tried to wax my own legs. No, there's too much of it. I and tore them up. It's a mess. Yeah, I don't know how they do it, but magic of the salon. Well, and I think they're even if you have like an at-home waxing kit, it's still not as hot or it's different wax than the like hairdressers and stuff can get. Because I even tried the like the strips. Yeah, and they didn't really work all that well. And my sister was like, "Well, you need one of those." wax warmers warmers and try that way because it's so much better for your skin so i bought one of those i really think that she just wanted one of those (laughs) so she told me to get it probably and i tried it once and ripped the freaking skin off my legs and then i told her i'm like yeah no i'm not going to use this ever again she's like oh i'll take it of course i'm sure you will i'm sure well the other thing too the the esthetician they can get at different angles and they're not hesitating because of the pain they're going to inflict, right? They yeah. can just slide down there and rip it off. Like, well, that, know. and they're just in a better angle to rip it off fast. I mean, when you're yeah. trying to rip it off your own legs, I mean, you can't, it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, no, that's true. I've never had my legs waxed. I get my eyebrows waxed when I go get my hair done. I've even used an Apple lady on my legs. Oh, an epilator. Ugh. I don't even know what, what's what? it's it pulls them out. No, nope, it's like absolutely it, not. It's like a, it's like, you know, those bracelets that like a spring bracelet that, that your just, hair gets caught in. Yeah. Why would I want that yeah, on my that leg you, hair? It's like an electric one that goes nope. really fast. No nope. designed to Never. pull the hair out. No, of I'm with That's mm. a torture device right there. No, yeah, but after a couple minutes, that. it goes numb. So you can't really feel it. <laughs> oh. Now that's a phrase. That I really like. <laughs> After, After a few minutes, it just goes numb, numb so it's fine. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you can use it for all kinds of stuff. Oh my! It's okay, honey. It's just numb. Oh Jesus! Well, we've all been there. Like either use a little lube, or it's no. Like, or, or if your significant other's been drinking a little bit, and you're like, dude, oh, it's numb. Are yeah. you almost done? <laughs> It's never a good thing. I cannot with you, Val. I just, I just imagine, like you know how Rachel when when she's doing her thing there, um, she's she's distant from us and it's hard for us to see her sometimes because she's out there all on her own. She raises her hand. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, excuse me, excuse me, we're excuse done here. Me. Um, <laughs> Are you almost finished? <laughs> Shit's going numb down there, okay? Not going to be able to feel the pee here in a minute. I'm bored. <laughs> Could you pass me that coloring book, please? That's when you pick the book up off the bed stand. No, it's okay, honey. Keep going. Oh, my God. <laughs> or you turn around and do it doggy style and with the... Uh, TV remote. 
can say pull a sandwich. Pull, pull a pastrami sandwich out of, out of the side drawer. I literally can't. I can't. Maybe I could read a book. There was too, seriously in front of me. There was seriously oh, no. one time oh, no. that this is when I was married and the TV was on and we were having relations and I laughed and he looked at me. He's like, what are you laughing at? And I'm like, oh, sorry. It was the TV. He was so mad. He stopped. I would imagine. I'm like, well, next time turn off the TV or be more entertaining. I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to die. I'm going to hyperventilate right here. Actual, actual sex, like, isn't like it is in the movies. You're like, where's the dog? Like, the stairs, like, no, ow, like, don't get it on the sheets. Do we get it? Should we get a towel? Like, it's your turn to sleep in the wet spot. It's not, not, that's not a lie. Oh my, how do I even transition to books from this conversation? Is there sex in your World War II book over there? There's no, there's no sex but i'm gonna have to put my penis on for it because it's very much a man book. okay okay <laughs> oh yeah one of those one of your daddy books yep well i did talk to my dad so of course <laughs> i have some very 40 to 50 year old man 40 to 60 year old man books in the works we just love it when you go see daddy Bring back all kinds of good recommendations. Why are you saying that like it's I, dirty? Right? It's my father. Say father. Sorry. You're he's not, my, did, he's well, not my daddy. He's when my you, father. When you, have, when you converse with your father on the telephone, well, he, he makes nope, excellent. You're still rec- making it sound weird. You have to call him father because whenever I call him or he calls me, he's he always says, Veronica, this is your father. Like, I don't know who it is. <laughs> this is my dad. Rachel, it's your dad. <laughs> yeah. You know that it. it comes up on the phone. It's caller ID. Calling me. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you're the only this dude I know father. who sounds like you. So, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. My, um, Tori, my younger sister, actually got him a Darth Vader mug that says, this is your father. Because yeah, he does the same heard, thing to yeah. her, too. That's all I heard when you said that. I was like, Bonnie, Veronica, I am your father. This, this is, is your, your father. father. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I read this week is called 12 Strong by Doug Stanton. And it is the declassified true story of the horse soldiers. The horse soldiers? Horse soldiers. Okay a team of special forces and um they of course you know are not on duty like one is actually on his honeymoon and and everything and then 9-11 happens so obviously as soon as they hear they hear the news they know that they're gonna have to be ready to go in a moment's notice all of the family of course knows that there's gonna be a call and they're gonna have to go within 24 hours and nobody's going to know where they go because obviously special forces, right? Special forces. They're not going <laughs> to tell their family where they're going. They're not even probably going to tell them where they're going until they're on the way. What it is, it is a story of 12 soldiers, special forces who uh, secretly entered Afghanistan in a mountainous region. And they actually had to ride horses down the mountain to, um, pursue the Taliban and it's their story and 
Whoa, that's cool. <clears throat> right. And Did this, they make a movie out of this? I think they might have. I think I remember they think it. They might yeah. have. Um, it, this book was extremely interesting for a few reasons. For one thing, they go into details about what each soldier went through and not just the fighting, which I enjoy when I'm reading a war book. But also, the author was so descriptive in just the environment that these soldiers were in and how different it is from what we experience in the United States. In part of this book, especially when they were sleeping in this cave that had horse dung on the walls for insulation because it's the desert. It gets mm. really cold at night. Yeah. And all really hot during the day. Right. And all I could think of when I'm reading these descriptions is that Martha doesn't have to read a sci-fi book about another world to get that kind of experience. That's true. She can just read about Afghanistan because holy shit, it was... It's so different. It's so different. And the people are so different. It's almost like going to another world. Kind of like an alternate reality. Right. Except... It's a true story. These these are actual places, things that the soldiers who fought in Afghanistan actually went through. And it was just, it was really interesting to read about their experiences and about their fight with the Taliban and the members of the Taliban. I just don't even understand their mentality. They would rather die than surrender. Absolutely. They would. Like at one point... They had a bunch of pris- a bunch of prisoners trapped in this basement because the prisoners like have like suicide bombs like strapped to them, and because of their religion, they can't like pat them down. Mm. Because of their religion, they can't search the prisoners. Interesting. So I mean, they'll just be going along, and somebody will like pull a grenade and blow some people up. Jesus. It is a, yeah. The, yeah, it's just, this book was insane. It was very interesting, and the author did a wonderful job of putting you right there with them. Wow. It was great. I know not a lot of people are going to like this book because it is a war book. It, there is absolutely no romance in it. There is... Yeah, but it's also like an important part of our our history. Of ne- there's there's so many stories that we've never heard of from. Well, believe out of me, after being there for how many years, I'm sure that this is not the first time that we will discover things, right? That have happened there that are different from what we experienced because all of those guys who spent and girls who spent time in Afghanistan will want to share their experiences. It just might take a little bit longer right. for us to hear yeah. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this was, it, it was good and it was interesting. And I think because it wasn't all war scenes, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. and they actually went into a little of the actual soldiers' lives, I think that this would be a good thing for somebody who is like right on the edge of liking war books because it's not as terribly... I mean, there's killing and there there's sad parts in it, obviously, but it's not as sad as like reading about Auschwitz. Right, gotcha. And is it, it a nonfiction or is it like it's nonfiction? It's nonfiction. It's nonfiction yeah, yeah. I knew it was a true story. Happened. I just didn't know if it was like a fictionalized version of the true story. I couldn't remember. Let me look and just double check that. I think you're probably sure. uh, you're probably right. Yeah, it's a nonfiction. Yeah. 
it was awesome. And I mean, it helps you understand what the soldiers went through and what they're still going through when they come back. Because they Mm -hmm. do talk about that a little bit too and how like one of them talks about when they come back, they won't even drive the car because if they're driving the car and they hear like a backfire or something, they go right back into soldier mode Mm -hmm. and they can't do that when they're in some, you know, civilized world. So yeah, it was, I can't even get my head around what it takes to do that kind of work because it is, it, it doesn't matter where you go. If you are in a situation like that, the sort of thing that you experience and the mindset that you have to be in is so different. And then you come back over here and it's like people are arguing about the stupid fr- shit. They're arguing about the friends reunion and, you know, cutting people off in traffic and flipping each other off and, you know, just stupid crap. For, true first world problems. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I fully believe that we should pay the soldiers more. Soldiers do not make enough money. I mean, for what they have to go through, for the time that they're away from their families. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I'm I'm lucky we have these people because I'm not going to do it. Right. There's no way I could do it. And this also talks a little also about the Afghanis that were fighting against the Taliban also Mm -hmm. and how different they were from like oh, yeah. us like I well mean, and i and i like that they that they highlighted the afghanis who were standing up for their their country and against the taliban the taliban because mm-hmm. i think a lot of times for, in the in the u.s perspective the entire country of afghanistan is taliban and i right. think it's an important thing to include in a story like that like no this is a subset of this massive group of people even though this is the group you hear about the most. So I think that I like that they included the... In the news, I I remember... I don't remember which station it was on or whether it was an expose or whatever, but when the Taliban first came to power there, they were doing... They had reporters there and they were talking to the Afghani people and talking about what their lives were like. And basically... The Taliban came in and removed all of the music. Oh, they took all everything. Of the, I mean, it was it would be like if somebody came in here and said, "Okay, you can't have your phone. You can't walk outside without being completely covered from head to toe." I mean, because Afghanistan like, was fairly progressive was. until the Taliban came came along. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I mean, to see and kind of imagine that, which is what I did when I saw that expose which is why i understood that life was like similar to mm-hmm. what it was like here beforehand and then overnight practically you know this religious extremism group comes in there and just starts shooting people up and says you're going to do this our way right and if you argue we're just going to kill you yeah yep Ugh. just one thing i wanted to say real quick about the afghanis that the special forces met up with and just their commitment to fighting the Taliban. When they were up in their mountainous um, uh, compound, I guess I could call it, they actually were so low stocked that they all only had one blanket apiece and they would put the blankets on their horses at night instead of using them themselves because they wanted to make sure their horses were okay. Wow. Oh. 
Like it just gave me like all the feels and the goosebumps. Say that yeah. just showed that they had compassion and that they're so much different than the Taliban who kills a nine-year-old because they don't want to join their freaking army. It was um, a very descriptive, very wonderfully written book. And I would highly suggest it to anybody who wants to read about Afghanistan and the Taliban. And that again was called 12 Strong by Doug Stanton. Excellent review. Yes. Great book. And very we got fitting. into like real discussion well, about that. Yeah. It's That's good. Two, two weeks in a row that we talked about something serious. I know. I feel mm. like a lot of times Fonny reads books that are very serious. Yeah. I do read some really does. serious. Yes. Because I like the. It's because I'm so curious about all of these things. Yeah. And when I hear a little bit about it, I'm like, I'm sure there's a book about that. So I find a book and then I read it. And then it's so moving to me. I'm like, I got to tell the girls about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what See, makes it good. You're going to have the best discussions with Shona Lawrence oh. when you guys are hanging out because she's just exactly the, you're, like you're that. Your two TBR read list, your TBR me list are going to be. Shona Lawrence read a yep. lot of the same kind you of do. books. Yeah. Yep. And Donna. Donna reads and a lot Donna. of... Yeah. All right, Rachel. This week, I, I read a book by an author I, I've read and reviewed before, and she did not disappoint. So I read Local Woman Missing by Mary Kubica, and I, I really want to be best friends with her <laughs> because... And I just want her to tell me stories. That's all I want in my life. Is, Talk murder to me, baby. I do. I want to be friends with Mary and I want her to tell me all of these things she has in her head. And this story, I did listen to it on audio and it's one of those, it has all these moving parts to it, but she writes in such a way that everything comes together and it just, she does it masterfully. But so essentially you're following in the very beginning the voice of a little girl and you you learn right off the bat that she's been held captive and it horribly abused and all of these things but and I don't want to say too too much about the book because I don't want to give anything away but there's essentially this little girl and three other families that are intertwined in this story and um, it jumps between present and past um, voices and different people in both the present and the past, but it's very easy to follow. And the story just steadily unfolds and with where are these missing women? Where are Where is this missing girl? Is this missing girl who we think she is? Um, as well as the perspective of the brother. One of the taglines for the book says, people don't just disappear without a trace. And the, and all of this book is tied around multiple mysteries of where is this person? What happened to this person? Is this person lying or telling the truth? And you don't necessarily know who to trust, but you kind of want to trust everybody. And it, like I said, Mary Kubica does it time and time again with, and I would classify this more as a domestic thriller type book. It wasn't overly descriptive or gory with anything. Um, so I wouldn't have any concern about that, but I did give it four stars. Um, and like I said, Mary, if you're listening, 
I'm in the market for a BFF, you know, who tells me stories. <laughs> hey! We all need a true crime BFF. Who tells me stories. Oh, I'm just saying. Fine. Um, <laughs> definitely worth the read. I loved it. I finished it in, an, in a day. I couldn't put it down. I loved it. So again, that was Local Woman Missing by Mary Kubica. That sounds like a really engaging read. That might be a good beach read for somebody, huh? It is beach mm. read season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Little murder on the beach. Yeah. Little murder on the beach. Yeah. yeah. All right, Megan, let's bring it up. All right. So this book is in my wheelhouse, but also out of my wheelhouse. And it's going to make sense when I say it. And Martha's going to eye roll. Stick with me. Don't I always eye but roll? You're going to extra eye roll with how I classify this book. And I'll explain how I got to this book when I get there. <laughs> um, so the book I read this week would be classified as, I would say, Christian lit is the best way to describe it, which is not something I would normally pick up on my own, right? Because I don't really, I, yeah, I make that face too, Rachel. Um, it would not be, so, it would not have been a book I would have probably picked up on my own. Why I picked this book up is because there is a movie adaptation of it. Oh, I was going to say, since when are you in there browsing the Christian bookstore? Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, there is not. And I thoroughly enjoyed this story. So the, the book I read for this week is There You'll Find Me by Jenny B. Jones. And the movie version of it is the movie that just came out a couple weeks back called Finding You. And... The I'll talk about the book and then I'll tell you about the movie. Um, so we meet Finley Sinclair. She is, uh, I would say, a, I think she's a junior, maybe a senior in high school. And she has had a loss of a sibling in a, this kind of fits in a Vani world, in a, in a war zone. Huh? And he's, he's a reporter in a war zone. And she decides, and she, she's a great uh, violinist and she's trying to get into a music conservatory. But like... She's just not quite getting there. And she decides that the best way to kind of get some perspective and get some kind of, she wants to follow in her brother's footsteps a little bit and like be close to him. So she does a study abroad in Ireland and it's the same program her brother did. And she goes, uh, gets on the plane and she gets upgraded to first class. And then she meets Hanson. Close. (laughs) (laughs) Close. Um, So she gets up, this flight attendant's like, hey, you know what? We have an extra seat in third class. Like, first class, you should sit here. So she's like, sure, why not? This is a long flight. So she goes and sits down, and there's a guy sitting up on the window side. He's got his hood up. You can't really, like, see his face. And she just, you know, goes to sleep on the plane or whatever. And when she wakes up, they start to land. The guy next to her is like, hey, as much as I like a pretty girl drooling on me, I think you have to wake up. We're landing. Like, put your seatbelt back on. And she's, of course, like super embarrassed because she's like, who have I been drooling on for this eight hours of this Aww. flight? And he's attractive. And she realizes that the teenager sitting next to her is Beckett Rush. And Beckett Rush is like the like Hollywood heartthrob of the moment. Like he's like the Zac Efron of right now. Hmm. and she immediately is like whatever dude like i not don't care about you and she herself is a little bit in the book she herself is a little bit famous because her parents she's like a hotel heiress not quite a paris hilton level but like but getting there getting there mm-hmm. not a paris 
Uh, heiress. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, and so when her brother had died, she went a little, little wild. And so she was on in like the tabloids cause she was out partying and she's like 18. And so she kind of, he kind of knows who she is because she is also in the tabloids. And he keeps like messing up her name on purpose. He calls her like Felicity and like all these things, just kind of like messing with her. And he's in Ireland to film a movie. And she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, I'm never going to see this dude again. He's just trying to be like Prince Charming. Like, screw you. I, I have to follow my brother. And and that's the driving force in, in the book is that she's, she has her, um, her brother's travel journal and he, she's kind of following what he did and she's trying to find his Ireland to be connected to him and that kind of thing. Um, so she ends up going to her host family and it's kind of like an Airbnb type host family deal. And the next morning she goes to serve breakfast and who else should be staying in the Airbnb other than Beckett rush. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Can't get rid of this guy. Yeah. I can't get rid of him. He's everywhere. And so it's just a really interesting story about his perceived, like perceived image in the press and how his dad is his manager. So he's not a mom. He's a dadager. (laughs) (laughs) And that his dad basically will print anything and everything to as long as his son's name is in the papers and like his DVD sales go up or his ticket sales go up. Oh. And he's of course in like one of those PR relationships where he's dating his co-star, but are they really dating? And like, so he's like Britney Spears, parents. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> like that. And so there's just a lot of kind of back and forth and the whole time Finley's trying to really come to terms with the loss of her brother and kind of reground herself. And she does it in the book with like a little more focus on religion Mm. because before her brother was killed, they were very She was very religious and she felt that when her brother was killed, it was kind of like questioning God. Like, why would you take my brother? And so her trip to Ireland, which is predominantly Irish Catholic because you're in Ireland, she's in a Catholic school and she has like different things happening within the school that she has to go and make, um, they assign them a person in a senior living community to like go spend time with as like their service project. She gets the grouchiest woman, but we find out that this grouchy woman has this amazing, horrific backstory that you just sit back and you're like, Holy shit. And I, I could, I could take out kind of the religious side. Cause I'm not, of, I would not pick up a Christian lit book on my own. And it wasn't so overwhelming that it like detracted from the rest of the book. It didn't take over. No. But it is present. But so. It, yes. So it is part of like, she quotes Bible verse. She has a Bible verse that's kind of like her mantra that when she gets stressed out, she quotes that Bible verse to herself mm-hmm. kind of as like her grounding r- ritual or whatever. Um, but the the story, the side story of her with the, and I can't think of her name right now, the lady at the nursing home was amazing. And it was just a lot of interesting things happening and, her relationship to Beckett and like, how do you balance like the Beckett that she knows versus Beckett rush? Right. Like Beckett, the real person compared to Beckett, the movie star, the movie star. Right. And having to kind of navigate the waters of, is he with his co-star Taylor? Is he not with Taylor? Like what's really going on and Mm -hmm. his feelings for her. And it was, I loved it. It was fun to read, especially because the movie was amazing. And the movie I would say does not qualify as like Christian movie because the religion is not in the, in the movie. Not like 
it's not like a Kirk Cameron movie where no, it's like religion. The, uh, what was that? Walk in the clouds or something where Chick was dying. Oh, possibly. There's been several like Christian movies out. That ended years. up being a little more Christian than what I thought it would yes, be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, cause when I told the tribe, I was like, oh, I went and saw Finding You. Oh my God, it's amazing. I need to read the book. And Taylor immediately texted me. She goes, isn't that really churchy? And I was like, well, I don't know. The movie had, I mean, there was moments like there's one verse at the end of the movie but it was not as prevalent in the movie. The movie was more of mainstream mm. than focused on like the Christian lit side. But I will say as far as movie to book adaptations, if you take out like the Bible verses and the Christianity side of the book, it was almost word for word, the movie. Hmm. Wow. Like That's I was, good. yeah, I was if, so, and if it was someone who was deep into Christian lit, they were probably ticked that the movie took out the religion, but from a mainstream perspective of getting like a big kind of first of the summer movie, Mm-hmm. it was amazing and i sat back reading the book and it was fun because i'd seen the movie i could hear the actors saying the lines right because they were word for word if you just want kind of a fun study abroad that has and it, it has a i would say like light christianity to it perfect book for you if you want the same story without the religion the movie is amazing just watch the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah and because I left that movie on like a high. Like I got on the call on our Friday night call when I got home and I was like, I am so happy right now. <laughs> like that movie just was amazing. And that's what made me go read the book. Because it tells you in the trailer, like based on the best selling book. And I was like, what the hell book is this? Because they don't have the same title. Oh. Like mm-hmm. it's Finding You is the movie and There You'll Find Me is the, is book. the book. But I was in, and it took you to, I got to take like a little vacation to Ireland and just kind of really enjoy being in Ireland. And her interaction with her host family and the, uh, the sister of the host family because she's younger and her kind of being the big sister in moments. And mm-hmm. it was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would recommend both the movie and the book. And that was There You'll Find Me by Jenny B. Jones. All righty. Next, we are going to Vietnam. Oh, what? We're traveling all over the place in this podcast <laughs> we are. today. I know, right? This the book I read is called The Red Lotus by Chris Bojelian. Sure. I don't know exactly how to say the name. I actually went back and listened to the audio the other day and listened to it so that I could try to remember how to pronounce it. And of course, I forgot. <laughs> so I apologize for being a terrible pronouncer. I, I think I heard about it on the tribe. We were talking on the Friday night call. Somebody had read it on the tribe. I think might have been Donna. And it just sounded interesting to me because it kind of has, it has a little plague in it. It has a little mystery in it. Just one of those novels that has a whole bunch of different stuff going on in it. You say that like the plague is a good thing. It has a little bit of plague in it. You know I love those pandemic type stories. (laughs) I I really do love the, the medical thrillers that have a little bit of, you know, scary plague vibe going on, especially nowadays. At times, it was a little bit too relationshipy for me. Mm. You know, I don't really... She, The main character and her boyfriend had only been dating for about six months. Now, I'm thinking, if I'd been dating somebody for six months, would I go on a bike trip to Vietnam with them? I don't know. Sounds like Probably murdery. Probably not. <laughs> Sounds a little murdery, honestly. He had, <laughs> evidently, he had, he had been on a bike trip there the previous year as well. And she's a physician. She's She works in an emergency room. And, you know, I'm sure she has plenty of money, so no big. So she she goes with her boyfriend to Vietnam on this bike trip. Well, he goes off and rides 
on his own away from the group at some point while they're there and he goes missing oh i was so right about the murdery Mm. (laughs) yeah so he goes missing in vietnam and she's kind of you know obviously kind of freaked out about it and wondering what the hell's going on obviously they're looking for him they go around the different places what what he tells her is that he had wanted to be alone so that he could visit the sites where his uncle and his, I think it was his uncle and his dad had both been in the Vietnam War, and he had wanted to go to places where they had been during their time there. Well, she starts to discover very slowly that what he has told her isn't truthful. Uh Uh-oh. Because... Yes, indeed, they both were in Vietnam, but his dad, it was either his dad or his uncle that had been injured in Vietnam, but he was injured in a go-kart accident. (laughs) So wait, he's been peddling the lie that he was injured in Vietnam this whole time? No, not the guy, but his, his, his dad, it was either his dad or his uncle, I don't remember, it's not really that important. Okay. But the fact is that he lied to her about it, and... So she's starting to discover the cracks in the thing from the very, very beginning. Well, they find him and he has been killed, but it looks like an accident. But you know something weird's going on because you've got like a separate story over here where you know something sketchy's going on. You, you know that they're, that the guy is in touch with, with another person and you know something nefarious is going on between them because you see him in a different scene get taken from the bike route. They take his bike. They take him to a different location. They semi-torture him. Ooh. You know, his, his, the, his, I'm shocked that you read this book right now. His quote friend um, puts a dart through the back of his hand. That is sounds not like, a friend. Sounds like he got in was a bad Trying crowd. to figure out where this thing is that they think he brought with him to Vietnam. Trying to figure out exactly how they did it. But anyway, it doesn't make sense that he is... The bruising doesn't match up with the idea of the car accident. And she's a physician, so she understands mm. that. And she goes to the post-mortem... Obviously, she has to identify the body, right. and she notices that his hand, the one that some of the bones in his hand are broken, and then she sees that. That's a pretty distinctive dart the mark, dart mark, mark yeah. right in the back of his hand. She's like, "What the hell? I just saw him right before he went missing, and he didn't have that. Mm. And how can you get hit by a car?" So, of course, she's very curious. And when she gets back to the States, she hires a private investigator who's a former cop. And they start digging. And it turned into the best story, you guys. There's... Wow. Oh, my gosh. I'm intrigued now, actually. It was really a wild ride. Hmm. I'm talking... I I already told you there were some plague vibes going on. There were some rats involved. There is some disease. Oh, it was just so good. Oh, it was the perfect book for me at this perfect time. It might not be a five-star read for somebody else, but I thought it was fantastic. I really liked it. It sounds like it like just started out 
out as like this real narrow line kind of yeah. story and then yeah. all of a sudden it just it's exactly exploded. that's exactly yeah. what it did and and all of these little tendrils of storyline are sort of hanging out there and you don't quite know how they're all going to fit together until the end well i mean there were a few real disconnects for me which is why i'm not going to give it that fifth star Things that didn't quite make sense for the reason why they were the, the bad guys were doing what they were doing. I, I'm not just 100% clear on the perfectness of the ending. Mm. You know what I mean? Because there were some things that I was like, yeah, I don't it wasn't know. wasn't tidy. Kind of a stretch. There was, there was portions of it that I felt was a little bit of a stretch. But honestly, I didn't care. Because the story was that good. Oh, my gosh. I was so engaged. I was just right in the middle of that story. I got to visit Vietnam in my mind. And I really liked the main character of the doctor. Hmm. Even though she was a bit on the naive side at the beginning from the standpoint of her relationship. Mm-hmm. By the end, I'm like, God damn, this woman is tenacious. She's, you know, unflappable. She just gets right in there. I really like the char- the character was really good. I don't ever remember names though, so po- apologize about that. Well, they can read the book and find out the name. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. Hold on, I'm looking. <laughs> it might be listed. Alexis was her name. Hmm. Um Was it as good as Cuckoo's Calling though? In some ways it was better. Really? Yeah. Because you know I'm not much for private detectives. No. But I loved Cuckoo's Calling. All three you know, books in that the, series. The detective wasn't as compelling uh. as a personality because the the book wasn't really about him at all. Right. He was he was part of the crew, obviously. But he was a side character. Right. He was kind of just but he was a dynamic side character. Okay. Because he had more going for him because he was a Vietnam vet. Mm-hmm. And his daughter had recently died. So well, Cameron Strike was a vet too. Yeah, I love Cameron Strike. Yeah, Cormoran. Cormoran. Cormoran Strike. Cormoran. I want to call him Cameron. I know this is the kind of book I like to read in the summer because there's so much excitement going on in it. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend this one. It was just super entertaining. And the cover is gorgeous. It has has a picture of a girl laying in a pond full of lotuses. She looks dead. It's really cool. Anyway, it's called Red Lotus by Chris Bojalian. Hope I said that right. And I did give it five stars, even though it was, you know, there were a few parts of it where I was like, eh, I don't know, this is a little bit of a stretch. But since I was so amazingly entertained by it, hell, give it the fifth. Awesome. And I didn't have to look up everything that it was about. I remembered right away. So it did stick with me. I thought it was good. It's not a normal Martha book. Nope. It's not. But that's what's cool about the Friday night call. Absolutely. Because when people get together and they start talking about the books that they've read, and when you get a group of more than three or four women, 
And usually the call has at least six to eight people on there. They're just talking about whatever they read. You're bound to find at least one book that you find interesting, even if it doesn't fit into your normal thing. And so thanks, Donna. I'm pretty sure it was you that read that one. And I so dug it. It was so good. So if you have a Friday night free and you feel like, you know, hearing about some great books, come and join us. Yep. Meet on Zoom every Friday, 7 p.m. Central Time. And sometimes I'm there, sometimes I'm not. Most of the times I'm not. I would say 97% of the time Bonnie's not there. (laughs) Sometimes there's a Bonnie sighting. Sometimes none of the podcast girls are on. This last week was the very first time, the very first Friday that none of us came. The book girls ran it themselves. The book tribe did the entire thing themselves. And in future, if we ever go back to recording on Friday night, it'll have to be that way. But you know what? That's kind of what you wanted to happen when you yep. set up the tribe. Yep. Or That's what you told on a me night. that you wanted to happen when yep. the tribe set up is to connect book girls together to talk. But I'll miss our people. We, we have to, well, we have I to mean, do it on another day then. I know. It, it, it feels so good to, to see book people finding each other. That is what's so freaking cool about this. Mm-hmm. Is that We're doing every, we can do it like every other week. <laughs> Megan's like, don't make me stop. I have to be with my girls. I need my people. We really have come to love those girls. And speaking of which, we are going on vacation together. Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting so excited about that. We're going to be in Denver on on August 13th through the 15th. Keep watching our socials, our socials and our website because we will have information on group rooms and whatnot and things that we're gonna do possibly excursions things we could possibly do here's the other thing one of the one of the girls at the tribe's like dude i'm not i'm not hiking so you guys can just count me out on this trip and i'm like we're not talking hiking i'm not hyping pike's peak over here yeah but (laughs) not all of us are going to go up to um what what's it called Estes Park. I mean, only some people are going to... There's going to be a lot of side trips for different stuff. I'll probably spend most of my time in the bookstores, personally. Well, I mean, people can split off and do their own thing. Exactly. It's not like... It's, yeah. It's I mean, not like we're all together all I don't the time. Even know if I'm going to go hiking, because I don't know if I'm going to be able to breathe Yeah, high altitude. I'm, I'm telling you, when high. it's a mile high, that's I'm not planning on hard. hiking a mountain. I just want to be able to say, like, I took a trail in Estes Park. Hmm. Not like a maybe like a short one, and then I'm gonna go find somewhere to have a drink. Yeah, exactly. Probably go throw up in the bushes a few times first, but you know, I I I do okay. (laughs) I drink after. I do okay at the altitude. I don't really do. Doesn't bother me. I was born at altitude, so you guys, I'll I'll be running. Well, I just remember when I went up on Mount Rainier and we walked around and it wasn't even like a whole hiking trail. And I thought I was going to freaking pass out before I could get up to the restaurant that we were going to eat at. Cause I'm like, that's all right. Just throw me a biscuit. <laughs> I'm going to die right here. Well, I just was out West. Up let's bring doing Bonnie, hiking. let's bring Vonnie a bag on her way back down. Bring me a doggy bag. I just did some back. hiking out. Not like, well, I went to some ruins out West and, you definitely feel that altitude when you're doing some ma- major hiking. I love it when she says, I went to some ruins out west and I'm thinking, um, 
That's just a bad neighborhood, honey. <laughs> was that was that Southwest Fifteenth Street? Yes. <laughs> yes. It was. yes. Oh, no, it, it was Southwest Tenth and May. <laughs> yeah. God. I used to work there. Tenth <laughs> and Portland. Yeah, and if you would have gone just like a mile down, that's where the auction is that I used to Holy work at. Holy shit! They found a dead body in our parking lot one that's morning. That's a bad neighborhood. Was it? Oh, Rachel. What's up? Just sitting there. You always look so calm. Are you really always that calm? I think she eats an edible before our podcast every time. <laughs> she just I'm not allowed to do that. I work for the government. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, well, she drinks a true. bottle of wine then every day before. <laughs> no, then she'd probably be loud. And it wouldn't be wine, it'd be whiskey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tequila or whiskey. I guess I'm just not super excitable about much. I, know, I don't really... Like Tom sometimes, like, especially when we were first together, he's like, isn't that exciting? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you don't seem excited. I was like, I'm excited. I am. Like, okay. This is my excited face. This is my excited face. <laughs> Whereas my whole face is the, my excited face. Are you Megan kidding? Was, if you get excited, you start jumping up and down I like do. a rabbit. I do. Megan is like, you'd almost see her tail wag when she gets excited. <laughs> Valid. Yeah. Somebody said something the other day, we were talking about yelling and I was like, I don't yell. Like I don't, it even just, even just the thought of yelling sounds exhausting to me. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't work up a head of steam enough to yell. (laughs) I I can't. Well, so I, I think, I think it's like a pedicure faux pas, but I went to get a pedicure this morning and when I rolled my sweatpants up, I was like, oh my God, I haven't shaved in so long. That happened to me one time, but because I wasn't planning, it was the first time my mom went to get a pedicure and she's like, well, you're not going to get one with me because it was like her birthday present Mm. or mother's day. I can't remember what. And I'm like, well, no, I wasn't planning on getting one. And she's like, no, you have to get one with me. And I'm like, she's like, I'll pay for my own. And I'm like, you, that you're not going to pay of for your, your own. Present. It's your present. So I'm like, fine, I'll get one. And I just got a basic one. But I wasn't planning on it. So I didn't shave my legs. And when they're like massaging like your calves or whatever, yeah. I'm like, you don't really have to do that. You're going <laughs> to. You're going to cut your fingers because yeah. my razor stubble down there. So, but I did. My, I inherited the, these hairy legs from my Czechoslovakian grandfather. Well, right? I, I won a couple of times, like a while, probably a couple of years ago now when I, went, I was like, I'm so sorry I didn't shave. And they're like, no, like you shouldn't shave right before you go. Because when they use like the sea salts, it'll actually like irritate your legs because they're freshly shaven. Oh, it I didn't never know that. bothers me. I always shave right before. Yeah. I you go. know what? It always bothers me, and I always shave right yeah. before. So, so if I if I decide to go get a pedicure like that That's morning, good to know. if I haven't shaved, I'm like mm, not doing it now. But I don't want somebody massaging my hairy legs. Oh, I don't like it either. I don't like it either. I'm like, I still want to I don't even like my husband touching my legs if they're not shaved. No. Uh, Mm -mm. When Tyler was was little and... It's like petting a cat backwards. That's how I feel. (laughs) Like, get the fuck away from me! (laughs) And wanted to sit on my lap a lot. Like, if I hadn't shaved my legs, it would bother me. Because, you know, I wear like capris or stuff to, Mm -hmm. to bed. And he would want to like crawl up on my lap and like lay on me and stuff. And it's like. Ugh. Maybe it's because I was a swimmer and we never shaved in the winter because oh. it was like a thing like 
you would shave right before sectionals so you'd have less drag. I thought she was going to say you shave right before sex and then she just kept going. So. Sectionals. So like well, I you think you should shave before sex. You really well, should. You should. Yeah. But I think that's why like my legs being hairy doesn't bother me because for 3 years that I was swimming in high school like I didn't shave all winter. So oh, like I can't even. Oh man, I could I don't know if I could go all winter. Just our legs that. like we just didn't shave our legs. I know, but it's just itchy. Like no, it gets my... to a point once you haven't shaved for so long that it does. It's not no, itchy. I don't think so. Then it just feels no. like something's crawling on oh. my legs all the time. <laughs> Tradition. If, if I let my rebellious thigh hair go a whole month, oh my god, I'm never getting that shit oh, off. It's gonna like turn into like its own little sw- swim season's like four months. I think months. I read it's gonna it. be I the think, blob. I think I read a be... sci-fi book about that. I think it's called. <laughs> Annihilation or some such about all the plants coming alive and shit. Well, the plants would be coming alive. It would be my leg hairs coming alive. <laughs> now that is a scary book, my friends. All I'm picturing is scary like for little whoever shop. I'm dating at the time. Oh. All I'm picturing is like Little Shop of Horrors, but it's like Bonnie's <laughs> leg hair. Feed me Seymour. I'd watch that show. I'd read that book. I feel like I was also way too old to realize that they're saying Little Shop of Horrors. Like, you thought it was horrors? Little Shop of Horrors? Well, like, I could. What else? Well, you know what? I One of my favorite shows when I was probably what, I don't know, like the 10 best was. Little Whorehouse in Texas. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Yeah. I mean, Burt knew Reynolds. what whores were. Yeah. I could, and then, then I think when we Women did the Women of questionable morals. Hmm. Yes, sex workers. And of course, I didn't know what questionable morals were. It just sounded really bad. Well, but like Culver did the play one of the years when I was, I was like, oh, Little Shop of Horrors. You all really should enunciate that better. <laughs> Horrors. <laughs> or English language just not have words that sound exactly Horrors. the same. Yep. I mean, that is a little difficult, though, especially like if you're a little anybody, stuffy or something. I don't know of anybody who ever pronounces that word Horror? in such a way horror nobody the, pronounces no. the extra no horror horror that sounds like chloe when she wants a treat it does. Horror. Horror. we just had to listen to chloe we would have known how to pronounce it have sounds you heard like, my dog rachel she's given me the eye like you're so stupid oh no i have one who makes the same noise <laughs> horror. Horror. little shop of horrors and now you sound like horrors mm-hmm because there's not enough syllables for horrors. Horrors. Little shop of horrors. Like, there's not enough. Horrors. I know. There's not enough syllables. You need an extra beat to say horrors. Little shop of horrors. But that's not the beat. It's- well, those horrors would be trying to eat shit off my thighs. <laughs> well, I thought that when you said earlier they were like knives. So I'm thinking that that might be like a weapon. Well, when they get that long, they're not like knives anymore. Oh. That could be a great murder weapon. She used her thighs. She just like round kicks. And- <laughs> <laughs> no, I do that when yeah, my pants are sagging. <laughs> just just think, visualize this, okay? Visualize Vonnie's wearing um, pants that are just a little too big. And she has to use the high kick in order to pull them up. I need to teach my thigh hairs to grab them and pull them up for me. That's exactly right. You need to do some training. I'm like, listen, Seymour, I'll feed you if you pull my freaking pants back up for me. (laughs) Hold my underwear where they're supposed to go. What exactly is Seymour and what is he eating if we're talking about thigh hair? (laughs) 
girls. Seymour's the name of Tracy's dog. Woof! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Can't get enough of three book girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.